Welcome to the UC Berkeley Data Science Education Podcast. We're happy you're listening in today. In this space, you'll hear from a variety of distinguished data science educators and professionals. The individuals we'll speak with are diverse in experience and perspective, but share the common goal of shaping the future of data science education. Our idea is to have some informal conversations with the goal of creating community and let people hear from practitioners in this growing new field. My name is Eric Van Dusen from Data Science Undergraduate Studies in the Division of Computing, Data Science, and Society at UC Berkeley, and I'll be leading our conversation today. And my name is Harry Lee, also from Data Science Undergraduate Studies. I'm working as an intern with the division's external pedagogy team, and I'll be helping out today too. Okay, so today we have John De Niro, who's very well known on the Berkeley campus. But John, could you give us a little introduction to yourself and what you're currently working on? Sure, I'm a teaching professor here at Berkeley that uh, came to Berkeley to teach computer science and now have expanded to teach data science as well, which has been one of the great parts of uh, my experience here at Berkeley because uh, it's led to lots of new collaborations and new courses. Um, I am particularly enthusiastic about teaching introductory courses. So uh, since 2011, I've been teaching introductory computer science, and then I got to help uh, design, develop, and deliver uh, our first course in data science here on campus called Data 8, the Foundations of Data Science. Uh, I wasn't in the first instructor. Instead, in the first offering, I was basically running tech support, making sure that the that the website worked and that the uh, uh, online textbook got published and stuff like that. And then uh, I got to teach the course um, uh, soon after that. Uh, and it's the initial offering in, in 2015 was a small course because it was experimental. But now this has grown to the largest course on campus, which is pretty exciting. And I'm teaching it right now and happy to talk about that too. Cool. I mean, exactly in this, uh, you know, the the Data 8 class, this Foundations class, is has been made as like an entry-level class that could be the first class you take at UC Berkeley. And the major is sort of built as something that's welcoming to, uh, you know, hundreds if not, you know, over a thousand students in the major. Um, this is different than how other campuses have started to take on data science. Could you talk a little bit about how that came to be? Certainly. At Berkeley, the idea of engaging in data science at the undergraduate level first wasn't any particular person's idea. Instead, it came out of a collaborative effort for, with faculty across campus who uh, were actually charged by the chancellor at the time to figure out what what is Berkeley's impact in data science going to be? And they concluded that instead of first creating a graduate program and having things filter down to the undergraduate level years later, that instead we would start with a first year course for undergraduates and build from there, following that first cohort of students and trying to offer them more and more classes if they were interested. And so, you know, this was a really a strategic decision by the campus to bring data science into the undergraduate level and do it in a way that would seem relevant to lots of students. Uh, and I, I got pulled in after that decision was made in order to help make it a reality uh, because I had been, you know, teaching computer science to more and more students. And so I had 
um, a little bit of experience in getting things to scale up and getting students to, to kind of choose to follow a path without requiring them to do so. And um, yeah, you know, that's where we started at Berkeley. And it was quite unusual to build a freshman level course in an area where often people think uh, data science requires graduate level coursework and a, and a whole lot of prior knowledge. Well, that's absolutely true. You know, in, in order to uh, know everything there is to know about data science requires years of study and a lot of experience, but there are really important ideas in data science that are, are quite critical to basically every discipline. And so it makes sense to introduce those ideas about reasoning under uncertainty, about using computing in order to simulate how things might have been um, that could be introduced at the, at the freshman level. And so that's what we did is we tried to distill out what are some ideas that are really useful, really interesting and really accessible, put those in a first course not expect that that course will cover everything that there is to know about data science, but instead will be kind of a useful uh, foundation in order to build on later. And, you know, it is true that students have to learn a fair amount of mathematics, fair amount more programming uh, in order to really engage in the rest of the data science ideas. And that's exactly what happens when they enter the data science major or minor. Uh, but in order to just understand, you know, what is data science about? What are some things that you can learn early on that don't require a whole lot of mathematics training, uh, but, or a whole lot of programming training, but instead um, can, can be used, you know, pretty early on in one's uh, academic career. Uh, and then understanding how they apply to different disciplines. I think that's really what it's been all about at, at, at Berkeley is, is thinking about data science, not just as computing and statistics coming together, but as um, having domain knowledge and the domain specific problems be central to the uh, practice, because if you end up solving the wrong problem, then you haven't really made any progress. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, you know, that's always been our goal at Berkeley is to make this a kind of campus-wide endeavor where all the different domain experts get to contribute uh, to students' education. And uh, yeah, that, that's just a very natural thing to do at the undergraduate level. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, so a, a thing that's affected me is there were certain key decisions and choices that the early Data 8 team made that really made this curriculum useful to a lot of people outside of Berkeley as well free textbook, public GitHub, completely open source software stack. Um, could you comment on how that came about early on? It is interesting that, um, that we've almost always chosen paths that will allow others to participate. And this is not an accident. I think that when we had this idea that lots of students at Berkeley should learn about data science, and that they could learn about kind of the fundamentals of programming, the fundamentals of statistics, and how those ideas apply to the world all at once in a first year course, it just seemed obvious that this shouldn't just be a Berkeley thing. It should be um, something that was accessible everywhere. And we looked around first to see if such a course existed already. It didn't. And so it seemed like uh, if we built it, others would be interested in building it too. Uh, so we decided to build the course in a way that allowed for uh, adoption. And, you know, what were the parts of that? 
One was that we'd build an online textbook and just make it freely available, just so that people could understand what we were doing here at Berkeley. This is good for students too, you know, they don't have to buy a textbook, but it also meant that if, um, if you know, some instructor somewhere else wanted to understand what we were up to, they could take a look. Um, we we um, then had to build a lot of course materials, you know, slides for lecture, assignments, and things like that. And there, I think, um, the the hope we had was that other institutions would teach data science. You know, we can't teach everybody here at Berkeley, even though we have really big classes. And there is a lot of work to go from just a textbook to a full course, because building assignments and, um, you know, slides and uh, discussion handouts and things like that, it's just a lot of investment. Um, so our hope was that if we made these things available, then more institutions would try this out. You know, it could be the case that whereas Berkeley, you know, there were probably a dozen different faculty involved in building this course. At other places, maybe there's only one or two. And so they can't redo what we've done at Berkeley. But if they have access to our materials, then they can just go ahead and uh, build their own version of the course, uh, customizing the parts that they, they wish were a little bit different. But um, yeah, but still being able to stand up a whole, a whole course. Uh, you know, another thing I noticed really early on, having taught computer science for a long time, is that building great data science instructional material is quite a bit of work. Because if you want a real-world data set underlying uh, an assignment, then you have to find the data, you have to understand where it came from so that you can provide students with the proper context, you have to manipulate the data and deal with all of the real-world issues that come with data cleaning. You know, there are, when you, when you download temperatures readings for all the cities in America so that you can run a climate change project, Sometimes those, uh, those measurements of temperatures don't exist and you have to deal with this. Now you could ask the students to deal with everything, but then they might not be able to get to the core idea that the assignment is about. So a lot of times it's the instructors that are managing some of the complexity so that the assignment can focus on, on a particular topic. So anyway, it's just a lot of work in order to put together uh, good instructional materials in data science. It's fun work, but it's not something that everybody has the capacity to replicate. So, so for that reason, I think it's a good idea for people to share their assignments, not just at a conceptual level, but actually with the data and the, um, yeah, and the software that, that makes it work. Thank you. That's great. Um, and uh, we will continue uh, uh, sh sharing it with people at other universities. Um, so for me, there's something beautiful about this Data 8 story in the in the you know the origin sense that's like you take a popular intro cs class instructor and somebody from the popular intro stats class and you give them the time and space to create forge something new uh, so my question to you is how um how do you feel that you coming from the cs uh, side have changed as an instructor of a data science class or multiple data science classes well it, the history is interesting you know at, at berkeley a lot of work is faculty driven. I, I describe it as bottom up. You know, uh, the, the faculty often have a sense that they don't have any boss and they can do what they want. 
And uh, so putting this together and building a team at Berkeley required convincing people that this is what they should spend their time on. There, there's no way that, you know, some dean or some chancellor could say, okay, you eight people are going to go do this. Uh, instead, they had to be convinced. Um, and, you know, I, I was easily convinced. It just seemed like an opportunity to bring some of the ideas that are used in the real world or at the graduate level down to the first year undergraduate level just seemed exciting. Like it might make a difference in the world. Um, there was a lot that I didn't know about what it would take to do that when I signed on. And I would say that, you know, one of the things that made teaching computer science um, accessible to me was that there were you know, decades of great thinking about what an intro CS course should be. And I could draw on all of that. I could read textbooks. I could read research. That kind of history didn't exist in data science education. It absolutely did exist in statistics education. And, you know, data science and statistics are closely related. And so, uh, but it wasn't something that I knew about already. I had never taught a statistics course. So I was really glad to collaborate with uh, Ani Adhikari in particular, who had spent years thinking about how to teach statistics um, and uh, was you know, ready to bring some of that learning into data science where um, the, some of the goals were different uh, and the approach was quite different with so many real world data sets and so much programming. So, um, yeah, I guess the point here is that I had to learn a lot after deciding that I would help with this because teaching data science turned out to be quite a different activity than teaching computer science. One reason was that we had to figure out how to do it and kind of had to write materials instead of just assigning a textbook. Uh, second issue was that we needed to make sure that all the hard to grasp conceptual ideas in an intro statistics course were brought into the data science course correctly and that people were learning to reason about uncertainty in a way that was actually productive which is hard to do. I mean, statistics is challenging to learn and it's challenging to teach because so many of the ideas are so subtle. The third was that when you teach data science, there's some programming, but just writing a program never gets you to the right answer. You have to interpret the results of that program correctly. And that meant that uh, as I was teaching it, and as all of the other students that are involved in teaching, you know, the teaching assistants were teaching it, they had to learn a lot about not just kind of correctly answering problems to get the right number at the end, but then making correct statements about what that number means and what it doesn't mean. Uh, and, you know, making sure that that kind of teaching scales to a very large course has unique challenges. You can't just make sure that, um, yeah, that the auto grader checks to make sure that someone wrote their program correctly. You know, that's part of the story. It works really well in scaling up computer science. But in data science, you have to do more. You also have to make sure that people are getting feedback about whether they're interpreting the results correctly, whether they're writing the right program in the first place in order to answer the question that they wanted to answer. And that was all new for me. So, uh, yeah, there was there was quite a bit to learn. And um, yeah, and, and I'm still learning whenever I teach the course, I feel like. 
Great. Thank you, Professor. I'm sure our audience is going to take a lot of that breakdown that you just provided. And, you know, I wanted to, to ask you, thinking about the future a bit more, um, you know, what types of classes should be created next for undergraduate data science programs? What do you think is the priority in that regard? Oh, good question. I am always excited about when um, somebody who has used data science in a particular application area figures out a way to share that process and those um, that the approach that actually works for their domain with undergraduate students. Because I think that once you learn the fundamentals, it's really challenging to figure out how to apply those fundamentals to a new area, uh, you know, climate change or public policy or public health or something like that. And, you know, we're still in, I'd say, a early stage of bringing the data science work that happens at the professional level, at the graduate level, and in research into the undergraduate curriculum in a way that gives people a strong sense of what they would learn if they continued in graduate research in some uh, data science application area. So, you know, I, I think at Berkeley, we already have a pretty good core of foundational courses. It's not just data aid, but we now have a, a whole scaffolded sequence of uh, upper division course data 100 that gives you principles and techniques of data science. We've got a new data engineering course. We've got a modeling and decision making course, some machine learning courses, some deep learning courses, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But these are all um, kind of general techniques. And they don't really delve into how you make decisions in the real world or build insight in the real world for particular domains. So I, I do think that there's a fair amount of course building left to make sure that what people are learning in data science courses actually translates into making correct decisions and correct analyses in particular domains. Um, you know, people are doing it all over the world and especially at Berkeley, but bringing more people into that effort is going to require building some new courses. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah, as a data science student myself, it's really exciting to hear how the process is evolving and how everything is, is going to change for the better. So that's great to hear. And, you know, my next question, I wanted to touch a bit on your, on your background, um, not here at Berkeley. Uh, we know that you worked on NLP projects at Google. So we wanted to ask if there are any ways that you incorporate, you know, what you learned there into your current teachings. Oh, interesting question. Yeah, before I came to Berkeley, I worked at Google, but that's not really the story. I actually, it started at Berkeley. I was a, I was a graduate student and I was working on machine translation, which is you know turning one language into another, kind of like Google Translate. And when I graduated, the place in the world that had the highest concentration of researchers doing this kind of thing was Google, working on Google Translate. So I went there. But when I went there, um, I, I was already um, reminded of how much I enjoyed teaching and how important it was to me to figure out uh, how to expand and increase access to computer science education. So even while I was at Google, I was um, teaching introductory computer science courses at Berkeley. Uh, and eventually those courses grew and grew so much that it just made sense for me to come back to Berkeley full time. Um, but I actually think that when I was at Google, but teaching at Berkeley was an ideal time for me to figure out what to teach 
and how to teach it because I had access to lots of real world examples of how programming was being applied. And I regularly brought that into the classroom uh, because I couldn't help myself. You know, every time I saw that, you know, something we were teaching in class actually was getting used in some Google engineering effort, then I just had to tell people about it. Hopefully I wasn't violating any privacy constraints when I did so. And, um, you know, I think that uh, data science goes the same way. So I, I do try to stay involved in um, research projects because I think that students are always going to want to know why is what you're teaching me the right thing for me to be learning right now because there are many other things that they could learn and uh, without seeing some connection to real problems that they want to solve it's hard to concentrate and it's hard to invest the time that it takes in order to kind of master the material so um what what's going on in um natural language processing in particular right now is that the uh, the field's ability to make predictions about language-related content and in particular to generate language is increasing dramatically. You know, it used to be really hard to generate a fluent sentence about something new, and now we know how to do it. Um, the particular mechanism for doing it isn't something that you can really describe in a first-year course, but it is something that we describe in, uh, you know, the upper division deep learning course, and uh, certainly in the graduate course in natural language processing. And it is it's something that is is quite accessible once you know a little bit about, um, yeah, a little bit about neural networks and and the mathematics behind it and the computing behind it and then uh, a little bit about linguistic data and how it occurs and what some of its interesting characteristics are, then you know, people can start thinking about like, oh, why does this work and how might it get better and how might it be applied? So um, yeah, I, I think that people shouldn't look at a really exciting research result and assume that it's you know, 15 years away for them to understand how it works. That's often not the case. Even if it took decades to reach that research result, sometimes just a few undergraduate courses are enough to understand how it works now um, and uh, get ready to think about how it could be applied. And that is definitely true of natural language processing. It took a whole lot of people, a whole lot of effort in order to get where we are now. But the actual mechanics of uh, how these systems work are not so complicated that people can't understand them. I mean, it's going to take a few years to, to build up the, the foundational knowledge in order to understand everything that's going on here, but not uh, a whole research career. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm really excited to kind of bring some of that into our undergraduate and graduate curriculum because it's pretty cool stuff. And uh, yeah, and, and it's, it's something that people can get involved in if they want. And yeah, you're going to have to learn some math. You're going to have to learn some programming. You're going to have to learn a little bit about language. Uh, everything takes more than a month to learn well, but it doesn't need to take 20 years. It can, it, it can just take a few. Amazing. Thank you for that answer. I think um, that was really inspiring and motivating. Um, and yeah, I think it goes without saying that we're very excited to see where, where that goes for sure. So we want to round out the, the interview with our last question. Um, it's, a, it's a broad question, but we want to get your, get your thoughts and, and ask you if you had any 
any words of wisdom for data science educators um, around the world? Well, uh, keep going, because I think that a lot of students are going to be excited by whatever work you do in uh, bringing data science into the classroom. Uh, my maybe thought about what's what I wish I had known was that now I understand that the effort required to describe real world data sets and their context, where they came from, why they were collected, and how that affects interpretation of those data sets is really important for teaching. So even though it can be uh, more natural for someone like me to just focus on the technical material and you know describe how the programming works and how the math works. I really do now see the value in understanding the kind of domain context at the same time, even though that's a lot of work for me because I think it really improves the delivery of the content and increases engagement. So if there's one thing that I I push for, it's you know accept that there's a little bit extra work in teaching data science because you got to understand the data, just like there's extra work in practicing data science and that you have to understand the data. And uh, it's worth spending that extra time because it makes the courses better. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you're interested in learning more about data science education resources, please subscribe to our Substack to get notified when we release any future podcasts. And join our community Slack channel through the link provided in this episode's description. Thank you.